podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Turros Tacticas Podcast. I'm your host, Kian Sobani, joined by my good friend and co-host, Diego Lorin. On a Friday, two-parter coming your way. Part one is for all the freeloaders. Part two is for our beloved patrons. We're going to answer some questions. That's when it gets really spicy. So if you want access to that one, you can stick around and become a patron over on patreon.com slash churros y tacticas. I feel bad for my friend Diego Lorin today because timing was just not on his side. He was really excited after the derby. He texted me. He said, podcast, podcast, podcast. (laughs) We couldn't. I was at Valdebebas and uh, then I was traveling. And it just so happens because of my unintentional delay, Barca dropped points against Mallorca. And uh, we leapfrogged leapfrogged them again. But no sweat, Diego. You'll be able to do the intro on Monday after you guys beat a terrible Sevilla side. And we we, uh, undoubtedly dropped points against top of the table, Girona. That's going to happen this weekend. So what's up, buddy? It's been a long time. It's been a couple of weeks. Sorry to our listeners and welcome back. Thank you, dude. So you're playing Girona. This weekend, that's I didn't right. realize that's heavyweight clash. Ooh, definitely, definitely. Hey, uh, and, and props to Michel, props to Girona. But this one we saw coming already. Uh, Girona consistently over the past few seasons, last season in particular, of course. But one of those teams when they were, I remember talking to you going potential banana peel, and you'd kind of be like, "Nah, it'll be all right." And then. Not just Madrid, but but Barça as well, dropping points against uh, Girona in the past. So this could be one where Barça get one back, uh, but it will be tough because Sevilla, which is kicking off in, in a few hours from now, will be a, a tough task. Uh, um, I spoken and a lot has happened. A lot has happened. I'm, I'm surprised you don't mention new developments in the Negreira case, but I'm sure we're going to get to that as well. It's too uh, early. Because there's so much to talk about. Gotta, sure, I can't, sure. I can't start I mean, I, I'm, I'm off still, the podcast with a machine gun blazing. I need to pace myself. <laughs> Just ease your way in there. Yeah. See, that's what, how you can tell, you know, we're, we're still in friendly terms and, uh, and this is all love where, uh, we ease these kind of topics to each other. Uh, so that's appreciated. No, listen, in all honesty, we were due to record on Tuesday. Because uh, yeah. I was like, "Hey, I'm back from Lisbon," so I, I was just setting myself up for the usual, uh, you know, free top of the week pod. I wasn't like, "Yeah, let's hit record now, motherfucker!" I got your ass. <laughs> I don't know. It seemed to me like right <laughs> after the game finished on Sunday, wasn't it? Can't remember. Oh, no. or maybe no. it was no, Monday. No, I was still busy. still. Where'd you go on Sunday? I was doing the final on Sunday. I, I have been gone off the map. I've been like secluded in this tiny little bunker uh this little cell you should say i i should send you some pictures actually i'm i'm I'm, i haven't shared anything with you except for probably what you saw on 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 instagram which were these lovely beach pictures the highlights uh, by the cheating the highlights but you know for to paint you a picture kian for six consecutive consecutive days straight i was in una jaula like a bunker a little cubicle uh as big as I would say a Ryanair toilet uh, with a microphone and a screen in front of me, commentating, narrating the beach. So uh, the Euro Beach Soccer League um, 
fi- super final, uh, which consisted of six consecutive days straight of football between uh, eight games a day. So between different nations in Europe, right? Eight games a day. That meant recording, starting recording from 8 a.m. in the morning until I finished around 6.30 p.m. in the afternoon, get home to the hostel like at around 7. So you're talking intense, no, next level intense, commentating games, eight consecutive, without break, mind you, without break, no break. Like, no, we didn't even have time to take, and, and sorry to be very vulgar here, but going to the bathroom was a challenge in between. Like, that was your break. They called it 15-minute break. It wasn't 15-minute because around the 10-minute mark, we already were doing a pregame for the next game, right? Uh, which starts around, you start broadcasting around five minutes before kickoff, national anthems, yada, yada. So, dude, I was so burnt out. Like, I, I still feel like I look wrecked, like a wreck. I've, I've actually decided to trim my beard and, and look a little bit more fatsoon, look a little bit more human, feel a little bit more civilized. But I've, I came back on Monday evening and man, like it was, I, I was just, you know, destroyed mentally. I, it was a complete mental burnout. And, and the, the, the beautiful thing obviously was that one, I got to do this, this experience in a lovely setting, Eddie Seda, much love to the beautiful town of uh, Ericeira in Portugal, surfer town, uh, a, a must-go-to spot for any uh, uh, surfer, for sure, but any uh, eco-tourist or, or, you know, there's the kind of tourism that's kind of very healthy. There's a lot of beach volleyball, football, surfing, kite surfing taking place. <clears throat> and uh, it's the Atlantic Ocean, so it's fresh. It's nothing like the Mediterranean. Um, but, uh, so, so I must go there, but, uh, you know, the, exp- like the, the, the work itself took place in media pro Portugal in media Luso. uh, the competition was held on the other hand in Alghero in Sardinia, the, the beautiful Island off of the coast in Italy. And it was initially sold to me, like, you know, you're going to be commentating the, uh, this tournament the like the Euro cup of beach soccer in Sardinia. And I was like, holy shit, I'm going to be on the Island. Uh, anyway. I just painted you the picture. So the- Diego, I lost you. Okay, you're back. But you're on mute. Sorry about that. Where did you lose me? Uh, you painted the picture of Lisbon, of the city. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. So, so did you hear the part where I talked about how it, it was initially pitched to me this Euro uh, Cup no. of beach football? So it, it was originally pitched to me like you're going to be commentating the Euro Cup of beach football in Alghero in Sardinia, this you know beautiful island off of the coast of Italy. Uh, and then the reality was, you know, that I was going to be in this locutorio, like this this little booth uh, in Portugal. Um, but uh, like I said, it was intense. It was a valuable experience. Um, you know, it got broadcasted on ESPN. So if any American listeners out there, uh, audience of ours heard it by any chance, uh, it was me and another guy doing it, uh, a young kid. And, um, you know, I just, I came back completely burnt out on Monday. I needed a, a proper day's rest on Tuesday 
to kind of get the get back to some sort of normality. But as you can still st still see, I think, I mean, I feel like I've aged like five years in, in those uh, five, no, six years and six days. Ah, you look the same. It's in your head. What's the uh, what's the prep like for something like that? Are you researching all the star players beforehand and getting the scouting reports, strengths, weaknesses? Like how in-depth do you go? So it, it was really completely left up to us. Uh, how deep we would go or not. Um, and dude, I would not have been able to do this job. And, and there's an important part that I wanted to mention, which I, I just remembered, which I forgot. But I would have not been able to do this job without ChatGPT. I'm going to be upfront and honest. Uh, I would introduce all of the scores in ChatGPT and all of the, the day summaries and just keep ChatGPT updated and then say, you know, Estonia is playing Poland for the seventh and eighth spot um, up next. Give me a pregame report, key matchups, stats, anything you got. So um, it was just, it was, and it came up huge. You know, we did had you, such did you verify all of it? Absolutely. Yeah, it yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was, I mean, some of, most of it was pretty standard as in it took a pretty uh general language and and, and sort of a approach to kind of key matchups you know matching striker against striker mm. uh, defender against defender goalie against goalie etc and in terms of top goal scorers or the goal scoring tally that was easy verifiable just because of the home page you know they're they're they kept stats uh, the main ones up to date so um that's great you know technology baby oh, it, it was fantastic Next, the so, next thing so, you should try I, is what I wanted like, to say. Sorry, go ahead. Hmm. No, it was just that the, the, the whole week culminated, of course, into the quarterfinals, semifinals, finals. And you're talking Division A, which is the top dogs of Europe. Division B, which is the ones that are fighting for promotion, the one promotion spot from Division B to Division A. And then the women's division. Okay. So we did 48 games in six days each. And on the last day where you're like, okay, I'm all pumped up for these, the knockout phase, you're also doing games to determine the 11th, uh, 12th spot, you know, the 9th and 10th, the 7th and 8th. So there's absolute dog shit games, I have to say. And I, I shouldn't say that. I should have kept this for the, the, the Patreon edition. I, <laughs> They're not listening. Please. Don't get me fired. I loved it. I would love another experience uh, at this. But <laughs> <laughs> cut Diego a break if you're listening. Cut Diego a break. Promote him. It was yes. <laughs> it was uh, it was it was very challenging on the last day to you know muster up like the excitement and energy after basically living um groundhog's day for six days straight sure where again you're doing doing an estonia poland with all respect to estonia and poland especially estonia <clears> which <throat> surprised me uh was with one of their, their their main striker but you know it all paid off the, the, the final to give an idea kian and, and i'll finish with that the final was for the men's division division a was italy spain and italy walked away with it with a, a narrow 5-4 victory it was uh, very exciting oh uh, okay. thereby italy is now the three-time champion spain have won f uh, five it, oh, portugal is the first with eight and uh, they got knocked out by Italy as well in the semis. The Spain's women team won against Portugal, three goals to two, also a thrilling final. So the Spain, the women's Spain team are, you know, dominating the, p the pitch and the sand. 
Uh, I thought that was quite clever when I came up with that. Playing, and, um, playing football on sand is so much more difficult. Exhausting. So like, exhausting. Your it's calves are like getting a workout with every step. It's not level. Like I don't like. It's difficult. Like it's really physically challenging to do. Yeah. So like respect. Absolutely. Like you can't really control Dude, and these guys the same and way. women. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they put their bodies on the line, Kian. I found a new, I have a newfound respect for the big game of beach soccer because, uh, like they go into tackles hard and they wear no protection. There's no shoes, obviously, but there's no, you know, shin guards. There's, there's just a little bit of tape. And, What's the strategy? Uh, like, if you're like, are they passing it around like they would? Cause like to me, when you pass on sand, there's just too many bumps. Like you don't know if you like, what are they, how do they get yeah. the ball to each other? Is it a lot of passing the same way or is there a different strategy? Yeah. I mean, there's long, there's a very direct game, the direct element to this game, you know, but there's, that's part of the strategy, sort of like in, in traditional football, the goalkeeper gets in on the action a lot. You see some fucking like absolutely wicked goals from all distances at angles. And the goalkeeper in that regard is play the fundamental element where he's not just important, you know, key defensively, but also offensively, they can just score a goal from, from goal to goal, from box mm. to box. So, and that goes for passing as well. Yeah. And that goes for passing as well. So passing can be either like directly up the pitch or they'll play it out from the back where, uh, it's either through a lot of lobs, of course. I mean, you don't see the ball roll over the sand a lot. If anything, it, what they do is they try to throw it in the shot. Well, they're, they'll try to shoot it off the sand to see if they can get an awkward bounce and throw the goalkeeper off, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's used that element of, 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 you know, prediction or, or, or yeah, what's it called? Um, predictability yeah. or unpredictability rather is, is, is plays a huge factor. Yeah. Or I imagine you're also not passing entirely on the ground. You may pass it in the air or even if it's low, it's flicks. slightly in the air, little yeah. flicks and stuff. Yeah. Um, can yeah. we go back to chat yeah. GTP for a second? Okay, and cause you, yeah, you seem to have gotten some like good pregame analysis and wording and stuff. Have you, why don't you try like using ChatGTP before churros? Like say, hey, ChatGTP, give me a balanced, non-biased view of the corruption in Spanish football. Or you could do like, give me a non-biased, non-biased. We're going uh, in here now? Non-biased Is that view. enough looming up? Like is, right. was Kepa fouled against Celta Vigo? Like. Yes or no? Was well here. Hey, hey, you, it, it, it this sounds is my like you have experience doing this. It it sounds like you have experience doing this. So no, I don't is, need to because I already know that I already know the truth. <laughs> no, you need to. You need to trust me. I think we all maybe need to. It's not a bad shout. Uh, you know, I I uh, uh, yeah, it's not a bad shout at all. <clears throat> all right. So listen. Uh, yes, sir. A lot has happened since we last. Where do you spoke. want to take this, man? What's that? So much. How how have you been, man? I said, uh, yeah, so much has happened. How have you been? How's your your travels? You um, obviously had a, a very busy week yourself. Yeah. You know the the nation's capital, Metropolitano looked beautiful. Some very nice pictures that you posted, dude. Uh yeah, I uh I've been to that stadium three times now, three different derbies, and uh, I got nothing. Nothing bad to say about it. It's a great stadium. It's a fantastic stadium. They also do a great job on the pregame ops, the atmosphere. It's great. 
Uh, I think it's a better Derby atmosphere than the Bernabeu. It's uh, it's quite good. Um, and, you know, for any opponent, but for Real Madrid especially, a very hostile atmosphere. Um, so as a, the fan side of me, it was a little bit difficult to sit through, getting waxed on the field and also just the fans going crazy. Um, not easy. But, uh, you know. Is it, is it, um, it's, there's a hostility there or what? What, what do you mean? There's like just, just a hatred that you're not used to. Like, because you, I forget, have you seen the Classico in the Camp Nou ever? Or, no, or no, never been. Actually, never I think been. you haven't, right? No. No, right, right. Okay, okay. So you like to give it an element of, of like, of comparison or context. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I've never been Madrid. to the Camp Nou, sorry. They, they don't let me in. <laughs> We've tried. <laughs> they don't let us in. They're like, F you guys. Uh, but Atletico, like, Good. you know, they let us in and they give us more than one, one spot. Uh, so they're very gracious towards us. But, That's nice. Uh, uh, so, you know, I was there. That was, that was a difficult game to sit through, but in some ways eye-opening and a good reality check to see where this team is against, up until that point, the biggest test of the season. Uh, I don't think we passed it very well. I mean, we didn't pass it, obviously. Um, so Were you surprised um, how lopsided it was in a way? Or how? I, I think I was... Um, I don't know if surprise is the right word. I was disappointed in our just our defense continues to be a problem. Uh, we knew that heading into this game, our defense hasn't been good. Uh, and, you know, Atletico was the most talented team we've faced so far. So they were able to exploit it, I think, in a way other teams can't. And the problem is, like, if you let Atletico go up as early as we let them and then make more defensive mistakes it's like the worst thing you can do against atletico in their own stadium when they can now just focus on closing all the all the channels simeone said something really interesting after the game that i didn't see until the day after so i didn't address it on that night's podcast but he said basically paraphrasing but he said that we're really glad that jose lu didn't start because bellingham had no one to pass to in the box and we had prepared to basically close his passing lanes into the box and he was just hunted in that game, but like he also was, it felt like he was kind of alone in attack. Vinny is back now. That's nice. Um, but yeah, so like, do we have enough juice and firepower in these big games? And if we don't, if we continue to defend as badly as we do, then this is a really bad place to be. You know, we don't have Courtois to save our ass, although Kepa's hasn't been a problem yet. So, like, you know, these are just kind of like yeah. eye-opening concerns. Like, you, when, you, when you play a big team, you take note of these things and hope that these, these things can be fixed. We're just getting decimated, too, at the back. Like, Alaba got injured last game. Rudiger's not 100%, yeah. but I think he'll play against mm-hmm. Girona. So, we're going to try to figure that out. But, you know, uh, we'll see. Vinny's back. We'll see how much that makes a difference. Is, is he starting against Girona, I guess? You yeah. got to start him, huh? Well, Ancelotti confirmed that in today's press conference. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Did you watch that game live? And uh, your your Champions League, which one? Atleti. Atletico. Yeah. No, 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 mm. no chance. No, it was impossible. I had to watch it on the replay. Yeah. I did not watch the Barca game, so I can't really speak to it. I, I know. Was... I mean, you know, there was. 
I know there was there was as as in all games a bunch of controversy. I don't know how you guys felt about certain calls not going your way, certain ones against Aleti maybe. Yeah, there was some sketchy um, calls, but I think if you ask the fan base on a whole, the the focus was less about that and more about the performance. Right. Was bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't like again. I you know you know how much I hate when Real Madrid TV puts out their their video. I hate that. So Dude, I they're re- I they've know. been relentless, man. Yeah. They're doing back to back to back. Like they are, they're they're just relentless. It I mean, feels it, like at, at some point. Did you see the 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 um? There was a you probably didn't see it. There was an interview interview interview. I'm letting my Dutch accent come out. Uh, there was an interview with uh, Javier Tevas, you know, the president of uh, La Liga, yeah. and uh, on TV here in Spain, local television, and uh, he. Um, anyway, why I'm bringing uh, the, the for this was what did Tebas Tebas say? with Real Madrid TV. Well, basically, um, actually, now that I'm saying that, I think he was asked this on the radio instead. But whether the club Real Madrid could get reprehended or could get sanctioned for the stuff that, that its TV station is is putting out. Uh, and effectively, he kind of dodged it. But as the way I understand it, I mean, they could because Real Madrid TV falls under the premises, right, of the domain of the club. Therefore, it needs to get the clearance uh or anyway, the main responsible party, let's say, for what content is putting out is the club. Yeah, I, that's interesting. Uh, like, because if this was the NBA, the fine would be slapped right away. Like, right? You know, yeah. If yeah. there's like any criticism of the referee or anything, NBA slaps you with a fine. Um, my guess is that in this situation, Tebas might be like, man. Like if you, I'm just like thinking out loud here, right? I don't know. If this is what he's thinking, but what a headache, man! We all know what he's thinking. We what do. what a headache! Like, first of all, the the hate between Real Madrid and the league is at a very high level right now. Every single thing, like they just disagree with each other. Even if they don't actually disagree, they'll probably just disagree for the sake of it. And Tebas is probably thinking like, I'm already at war with these guys. Now I got to give them a fine. They're not going to pay the fine. They're going to take a, a, a th- it's going to go with like a 3-year court case of like do they have to pay a fine for talking about the referees? You might just be thinking like man, it's too much of a headache to even go down another rabbit hole with these guys on another subject. I guess it's probably that's probably going through his head right now. He was very Whenever he spoke about Florentino in these two interviews on the radio and uh, the television, he was very underdanach, very um, uh, submissive, you know, saying Florentino is a person that never loses. Florentino is the greatest president of Real Madrid. You know, the war that you describe between La Liga and Madrid, I think, is less fiercely fought as it you know, could be because of the, and he had sympathy as well. And, 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 and you know, I mean, Tebas... It, being a Madridista himself, Florentino being the person that he is a Madrid, the club, you know, I don't think that Tebas is sticking his chest out as, hmm, like, let's say, in a in a in a sort of defiant way, but more kind of like as a servant, if you will, because 
I mean, I, I also don't know what the rules are in this case of like, are you allowed to criticize referees? I, is there, mm. um, is that, is that not allowed? I honestly, it's a genuine question. It's not like, I honestly don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, of course that we know that Madrid are already paying the fines for, for not doing the interviews. They were the only club that did, went, against, went against La Liga to not allow microphones, cameras, yada, yada, yada. And so, I think they would, they would ultimately be like, okay, if we have to pay a fine to, <clears throat> to, to talk our shit, we'll pay the fine. I think, this, I think like, you know what I mean? So yeah. I don't think, yeah. you know, it's not like putting a huge dent in their pocket, you know, not getting the, the money that comes with these, these cameras these new cameras this season. So I don't, you know, I don't think they care about the financial aspect of the repercussions. It would be nice if, video if like at this. some point they would play ball with the rest though. No, I mean, wouldn't you like to have access to all that? Uh, as a fan? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I get why you don't want cameras no, around. I understand like, also, yeah. like, because, you know, I, I, there's a couple examples. One is like, maybe you just don't want people to know what you're saying from on a tactical level but also like to me the locker room is kind of like the boys whatsapp group like <laughs> you should be allowed to say whatever you want there with any, without anyone looking in and kind of putting it under a microscope like i understand as a fan i would i think it would be amazing to just see more access and more things but i understand also the other side of it why you wouldn't want that and i also know that real madrid can just make their own footage and put out their own documentaries and be in control of what Oh, it, as, as they do, up. as they already as, do. Yeah, so. As they do. <clears throat> so that part of it, I, I, I also Stronghold yeah. continues, my friend. Yes. Yeah. So the Last dictator standing. Florentino <laughs> Perez. It's a choice, man. And you, everyone can literally say yes or no to the cameras. That's not unique to Real Madrid. Hey, dude, is, is the connection all right? Like, I hope it's not going to cut out again. I'm, it's fine. I'm, I'm I, in the beginning of the podcast, it was a little dodgy, but it has been good for a while now, so it's good. Because I'm hub, uh, hub spotting now to my phone because it's... Hub spotting? Is days. that the same as hot spotting? <laughs> I meant hot. Is it not uh, hub spot? Is it hot spot? H-O-T, oh, hot spot. What is the hub spot then? I don't know. I thought maybe it's a new thing that Spain has as a hub spot. I don't know what it is, but... Hotspot, yeah. Ah, my God. It's, it's good to see you again, Keon. Likewise, it's, bro. Uh, it's been a while. These are tough days, man. They're tough days to be. To be. It's, uh, I think it's when, safe to say. Especially when you're on the path of try, trying to stay optimistic and productive and looking on, you know, trying to look at the bright side of things. It's, it's tiresome having to uh, endure what, the club and fans are enduring these days. Do you feel like, um, I believe our, our last podcast was the Messi Ronaldo thing. Was it not? Uh, yes. I don't know if there's an unfinished yeah, absolute dog shit of a podcast. That was as well. I don't, I don't know if there's was, unfinished there's conversation unfinished there, but I don't know if we want to get into that now, yes. but, but I also, I just wanted to say one thing about it is that for all your complaints about this is a Madridista podcast, there was just Kule and Messi army in my mentions. This is uh, I didn't see any of it. I well, didn't see any of go it. on my TikTok. So that's a, this you is the unique TikTok. This is a unique thing about TikTok is that TikTok doesn't show it to just your audience. TikTok shows it to 
whatever audience is interested in Messi or whatever the subject is, right? And so they came after me. I was showing like, I was showing uh, my wife some of the comments. One of them was like, I think I even showed you. One was like, I really hope that this guy does not have children. Oh, no, he just didn't. He's too, he's too stupid to have children. There was like, <laughs> you did. There was there was personal threats. There was um, oh man, the the vitriol was insane, and uh, it was great because I was like, I don't like, I don't want Diego to think this is like a one sided thing. So, it's if we want to promote this podcast to more coolies, I think we got to post on TikTok more. We got him. And yeah. Clearly, clearly, I do, and I want it to be more of a level playing field because uh, it's uh, like I said, things can get it can get tiresome at times, especially when you're trying to force <clears throat> the brain into a positive uh, dynamic and 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 having to. Uh, and like the debates with you is one thing, but it's the aftermath that, that is off-putting to me, and that's why, yes, I mean, in my view, and I don't think I'm, I'm you know, going out in a stretch here. This is predominantly a Madridista pod, an extension of managing Madrid. It's it's Madridistas versus one culé. We could call this. No, it's not like that. It's not like that. Uh, a little bit. I mean, come on, man. You, you'd be silly to deny that. At least, at least, give me that. I think you, it, you've got forty thousand followers. Managing Madrid has got another forty. It's uh, <laughs> I have two thousand. And I'll tell you, besides besides the numbers, the following. Managing I mean, Madrid has a lot more than forty. I'll give a, a big compliment to managing Madrid. Okay, well, how much is it? Eighty thousand. Uh, I think like if you put all the socials together, it's it's like almost three hundred. Well, there you go, three hundred thousand against but, two thousand. But but it has been. But, but can I sorry, just say one thing? Point. You guys, and by that I mean Twitter Madrid, have got one thing going for you very well, and that is the unity that exists amongst Twitter Madrid. Every Barca, fan base we has don't that. really Barca Twitter don't. Yeah, but Barca don't have. We don't have a, a you know a, a Bar, the Barca Blaugranes. I mean, uh, they don't you know serve their audience. Their oh public, well, them like specifically Barca Blaugranes. They do well. They do, they get a lot of visitors on their website, but they don't do anything on social media at all. Um, no, and there's there's no there's no like hub hub there's no hub spot, uh, you know, for the Barca uh, uh, Twitter people to kind of like convene or, or you know there's Barca spaces and there's Barca uh, good Barca Twitter accounts certainly but the, they're individuals you know it, 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 you guys I think are, are collectively much more united and, and I don't think so I mean uh, I, I think every fan base is copy and paste well, the same man that's my perception every fan base is the same mm-hmm. like. You have your army, you have your biased ones, you have your negative ones, your pessimistic ones, your optimistic ones. Then you have like the wars within the fan base of like my favorite player should start over, your favorite player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My coach sucks or my coach is the greatest coach of all time. Like there's like within our fan base, there's Ancelotti haters. There's also the people who feel that Ancelotti is the greatest thing, like coach ever to play the game, to ever coach the game. Then you got like, over the years, you think about Hamas fans versus Isco fans. That was very toxic. And then, anyways, it just goes on. But then I think every fan base has that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't Maybe. think that's a unique Real Madrid thing. Um, okay. What was I going to say? You, about- but, you, but you can't name, like, there is no equivalent to a man in Madrid in, in, for Barca on Twitter. There's not. Not that I know of, but, but I'm also. There isn't aloof with some of this stuff that happens on Twitter because mm-hmm. I don't I don't know maybe there's something I don't know about but 
Anyway, I've decided to step back from Twitter though. I'm I'm kind of like All right, welcome to the family. Know. I haven't checked I'll Twitter in almost 2 years, bro. I just post and really? talk my shit. Yeah, I don't check it. I no, I was like really? I was like showing uh Lucas my I I I show like everyone this when I'm when I'm with them. Like my notifications button on Twitter. I haven't literally have not clicked that button. <laughs> in almost two years i don't know what happens there and it's great like it's just peace of mind i don't know if there's a war going on i don't know if there's like something else i don't know what's happening but uh it's just for my own mental health man that's it that's all this like that's know. it yeah. you you los clavado tío yeah. you nailed it mental health mental health so <laughs> with that being said yeah. um what's next <laughs> should we jump to Patreon? How long have we been going here? I don't know, like 40 minutes. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I have a, a lot of things to say. I don't, we can uh, save some for Patreon, but I, I did want to say that on... Ooh, what do you want to tell our people? When did Barca play? Was it Wednesday? No, Tuesday, I think. We played... We played uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday. Tuesday night, I was out to uh, dinner with some of my friends. And uh, I had completely, I was planning on watching the Barca game, but I was like, ah, whatever. I'm, you know, I kind of in the mood to just go out and just chill and have some tapas, right? I don't want to watch football right now. And so I went out uh, and then like in the 80th minute, my friend showed me the score of the Barca game. And I was like, ah, whatever. They'll score at the end. They'll score at the end. I was shocked to, to see that they actually dropped points. It was the first Barca game that I haven't really watched. Um, so I'm curious to get your perception of it. Was it like, um, a a two two where you're like, ah, we got unlucky, or was it a two two like there's problems here? What like what 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 kind of two two was it? Um, yeah, no, definitely the latter. Unfortunately, it was not a game. Okay, in the end, you know, you're saying two two. We're still undefeated. It's dropping two points, more importantly, dropping the liderato, right? The leadership, uh, uh, the number one spot, yeah, which we had just managed to claim. Um, and, but you kind of saw it coming as well. And uh, the, the, the big takeaway was that it was not a performance that you, that you want to build on or that, that you say is, was a step in the right direction. It was, uh, uh, uncharacteristic we saw an uncharacteristic amount of individual errors you know obviously particularly in defense particularly by <clears throat> mark Andre stegen who at least in my books and and again i don't know how about twitter uh, has taken it out on the german goalkeeper but for me the amount of times the sheer amount of times that he saved their asses you know he's got a few passes now and, and that happens a few times a season with him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah um, and, and the same can be said for, for, uh, you know, the rest of the defense, obviously in the case of Araujo, he has just gotten back, uh, the worrisome sign for me. And, and, and this was in the back of my head as he came on, uh, was, I was thinking about you and your kind of prediction, if you will, uh, that Kunde was going downhill and he's a, a liability, uh, at times in the back and makes, makes silly mistakes well you know that was the case here as well because at the end of the day Mallorca could have won this game three goals to two as well mm. and uh the same can be said about Celta I mean these were teams that at the end had it within themselves or had it 
at their feet to take uh, uh, the three points. And, you know, we would have been singing a whole different song today. Uh, we're, we're, we're not seeing good football. We're not seeing solid play by Barca. Uh, we're certainly seeing some individuals, you know, cream rising to the top. And there are certainly some standout moments where even collectively this team come together and, uh, you know, se apretan los huevos. They, they grind their teeth or other body parts together and, uh, pull out a, a satisfactory result. Uh, or a win, you know, like the six minutes against Celta, which were absolute madness. Um, but against Celta, uh, it was, you know, I, 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 I had hoped that it was going to happen, but I was, it was always going to leave a bittersweet taste in my mouth. Um, because right now it's like, We're coming from such good results against Betis, the 5-0. Obviously, the, 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 the debut game in the Champions League against the weak, yes, Belgian side. Uh, but 10 goals in uh, two games, right? Something that we all kind of hoped that would be something to build on. Then the heroic, emphatic comeback against uh, Celta after also some very questionable performances in that game to then have this game against Mallorca you know, slip from underneath you where you just feel like, uh, you know, th 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 there's a lack of fluidity, a lack of, of communication, uh, of drive really. I mean, it's all the, you know, we repeat each other every single year. I feel sometimes, man, it's like, um, and, and that's, that's concerning. That's, that's, uh, I, and I will say as well that I, for one, And I know I've seen that other people said it as well, but for me, it was very, very evident on the day itself during the game that when Lamin Yamal came on and he lit that game up, I'm just going to say it, man. Rafinha, you know, you know, you were not playing him the ball on purpose. And that was, that was really frustrating. Mm. I like Rafinha clearly was singing that ball left. Time and time again, when he had the hungry young Lamin Yamal to his right, you know, ready to make that run into space. Mm. And uh, the times he did, he was he was really dangerous. So I was like, just keep feeding the youngster the goddamn ball. He's on fire. He's got it. Give it to him. He's got it, you know. And uh, in the moments like that, when you don't see the team come together in, in, in crucial uh, minutes and moments of the game, that's like, yeah, I mean, that becomes concerning. So, uh, you know, that, but, but that's all like consequences, I feel, as well, of, of an entire game just not having worked out, where you, you reach the end of the game with the adrenaline high, with the urgency to to push the team over the edge you know but but then again i mean that's how you guys won uh you know con three consecutive champions leagues meaning like that's like something that's always attributed to real madrid to fight until the end even when you're playing a 90 minutes of absolute shit uh at the end of the day what really counts are the three points so that allows you to at least approach the next game with a little bit of peace in mind and not be, you know, the coach being in the hot seat under fire, under pressure because the results not going your way and you just let slip the number one spot and yada, yada, next up is Sevilla. And, you know, we know that Real Madrid and Girona for that matter are not dropping uh, any points uh, or, or very little. So uh, that's, that's, that's that, I guess, Kian, you know, that's, that's kind of my opinion. Well, I will say what, one last thing, Kian, and, and mm -hmm. then I want, want you to get on this. It was great to be in Portugal 
with the breakout of the Joao's. I mean, you know, Portugal hmm. was like, I was getting mad love from the Portuguese, you know, Joao Felix and, and Cancelo were uh, obviously heroes there and they're super happy that they're they're having such a positive impact on, on the team and, and so am I for that matter. Yeah. Uh, there were rotations that game slightly, right? I mean, Lewandowski, Yamal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Rafinha, Laminha, Mal, sort of, you know, they're, neither of them are fixed starters, right. uh, you could say. so. I, I guess, in my opinion, Yamal is the player I would start. Laminha, Mal. Um, yeah. And then you guys got Sevilla today. Yes. Um, maybe you start those guys? What, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll check in a minute here, but... I would I would assume uh, although what kickoff is at nine now they won't be called out yet. Yeah, it's but, too early. Have you said um, mm. in this week's press conference in one of them that uh, last season Barca's defense was better and we need to get back to that level? Well, clearly no. I mean, we we conceded the same amount of goals at this point in the season. Yeah, I mean that that's crazy. But I I do think that's crazy. There's part of it like. <clears throat> I feel like last season there was a little bit of luck involved. I don't think you were lucky to win the league or lucky to have a good defense. That's not what I'm saying. But just luck in the sense that maybe those defensive numbers were a little bit skewed because a lot of it was on Ter Stegen being unbelievable. And also just the underlying analytics shows that opponents missed some easy chances against you guys last season. Okay, so I, but don't, don't take anything away from Araujo. A very good tried, you know, trident factor in Kunde that was superb. Araujo, obviously, as well, and even Christensen and and Balde, for that matter, or or, or Marcos Alonso were, you know, were very no. I don't. Good I don't. No, that's not what I'm saying. I, I I'm just saying that I think last season, if you replay that again like hundred times, I feel like it's. I don't think you'll concede as as little as you did last season again. Like, I, I feel like there was some luck involved there. That's all. But I, I agree the defense was well, luck, great. luck is always an element. Sure. Yeah, I mean, look, there's definitely, I think, a change. Uh, the communication in the back is not what it was last season. And I think in particular in those terms, there, there's, there's a lot of, you know, you heard it from Cancelo himself after the game. He was super disappointed and he kept reiterating, um, even in, in after the... Um, you know the Celta game, and 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 again after um, Mallorca, that he made many individual and tactical errors, and he was very self-critical. So there's a lot of things right now in the back that are not that still need to be adjusted. And in Drow's case, both of them, and they have just touched down and are, 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 are a seamless fit, but still need some time to adjust. Uh, for example, like all this this. Uh, criticism and, and mainly from the press to towards Joao Felix uh, I felt was very unfair and and quite honestly I was surprised and, and a little bit annoyed that Xavi took him out after you know what was it just after 60 something minutes like this um, after the hour mark because I felt that he was still being productive it wasn't maybe uh, as high and on par with his previous two performances but I, I thought that he was still uh, gave this element of unpredictability and 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 had this connection uh with the forwards um you know Lewandowski who had just come come subbed on as well so I felt that he could have and should have probably stayed 
Um, whereas like a Laminia Mal, you, you know, I would have put him on maybe sooner as well. So, you know, and, and uh, Oriol Romeo had, had just a bad game. He had a bad game. Mm. Uh, Inigo Martinez is is new. Uh, you know, he's he's coming off of injury as well. Like I said, Araujo, the same, más de lo mismo, the same, same. So, you know, it's, uh, there's work. There's very kind of inkle. There's work to do here for Xavi. And tonight's going to be difficult. Uh, I don't really know what to expect. I'm excited for it. I will say oh, that. Sevilla, come on. Did, did, you see, oh, come um, on. did you see the question to Xavi today about Ramos and Pepe? No. Oh, it's great. I mean, the question what? itself was, I don't, I don't know about great, but just the, it was a funny thing. Like, normally I would have been, that's a stupid question. I still do think that, but at least it was funny. Uh, someone asked Chavi in the press conference today. Here's the quote, the, the exact question. Uh, the next two matches are against a team with Sergio Ramos and another team with Pepe. Do you fear for the physical safety of your players? <laughs> uh and uh, he just started laughing and he said, um, no. <laughs> and then I think he, at the end he was like, I hope not. Um, but it was a funny moment because I think everyone in the press room started laughing and Xavi started laughing. Yeah, but Xavi's it's... had a lot of those kind of questions where, let's say, a humoristic tone to the press conference is introduced. I wonder how it would how the room would read it if someone asked, if El Chiringuito asked Ancelotti, like, do you, you're playing Gavi tomorrow. Do you, do you feel fear for the safety of your players? Do you think that would have been interpreted more with more hostility or do you think it would have been the same kind of entertainment value? I don't know, man. Like he's been, uh, he's like, he has a way to sort of deflect questions with the same type of humor yeah, that you see a Chavi do. Having said that, he's also had very serious responses recently on like, what's his, the, the, the El Presidente de la Leti, the, the Gil, Gil, Gil Martin, Mar right? Yeah. And, well, uh, and now the Negreira case, like he's very worried. And I don't know. Yeah, I'm surprised he said that. I, I just thought he would have done the canned, um, it's not my place kind of thing. Like, that's Yeah, that's for, what I would have expected, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so let's jump over to Patreon, son. Wait, well, just one more quick question, and then we'll jump over. Uh, what's Ra Ra is Ramos just going to get annihilated by the camp note tonight? Like the reception? Come on, we're first of all get this in your head. We won't be back. Oh, to the okay, camp but you know what I mean, like the fans. Yeah, but, but it's different. It's different. Okay, sorry. I apologize. You don't have okay. the not eight, you know nearly hundred thousand people yelling at you. It's okay. a fraction of that. It's but like it's a, gonna a it's gonna be pretty. So, Pretty. Um, it won't be hostile. There'll be a few petillos, a few whistles. No, and... come on. Every time he gets the ball, he's going to get booed for sure. I don't know. It, it, I, you, I think you're expecting too much. If you're expecting for full 90 minutes, like hostility, whistles, shouts. And... I think he'll get booed every time he gets the ball. I think he will. You don't All think? Right. Uh, That's my prediction. I'll say that it lasts. It'll last... Maybe 10, 15 minutes. No, I think it goes all, all the way through. Unless right. Sevilla somehow like win or they're winning and or, or like Ramos. The, the score, I was going to say, the score yeah. has, has an influence on that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right, cool. Uh, some juicy questions over on Patreon.com. We're going to stop the recording here. Thanks for listening, guys, and thanks for bearing with our little hiatus there. We're back to normal now. Uh, so let's go over to Patreon. Two hours two. of churros coming at you. Jump on over to Patreon.com forward slash churros tacticas. The commitment, baby. Back-to-back sesh. Don't miss out. Let's do it. Juicy. Thanks for listening, guys. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.